Let's open up our Bibles to Haggai, the book of Haggai. <clears throat> A wonderful little book of Haggai. We have two more lessons today and then next week. Uh, and then my plan is to start the Gospel of John. We'll probably be there about 10 years <laughs> or something. Why do you laugh about that? Okay, so a little review of the Old Testament. Uh, how many sections are there? See how easy it is to remember those numbers? 5, 12, 5, 5, 12. So, you know, now you are an Old Testament scholar. If you, if you just remember, you know, two different numbers, a 5 and a 12, you got it all. It's amazing. What's the first section? Law. Law. Right? And then, let's say it really loud. There we go. That's better. And then, poetry. And then, you're getting a little weak on me here. Okay, major prophets. And what's the last one? Okay, good. Now, uh, you know, sometimes these little minor prophets, you know, it's not often you go to places and they're studying through the minor prophets, but it's amazing that there's so much there. And again, uh, this little book of Haggai has just so many incredible things. Chapter 1, just a little review, uh, priorities and pro- procrastination. Uh, you know, that's stuff, that, that's stuff that we all have to deal with today in our lives today. What are the pro- priorities in my life? And what are the things that I put off? I procrastinate. Any of you procrastinate? i got to say that real slow. We, we all do it, right? And, and we put things off, but we need to put him first, put God first in our lives, and don't put the, the most important things off, which, are, which are, are following after what God wants us to do and to be, and spending time with him. Then in chapter 2, we saw that, that they, were, they went back to rebuild they went back to the land of Israel to rebuild, and uh, they had gotten there, and they were, you know, they started really well, but then they got some discouraging news. They got discouraged. They stopped, and they didn't stop for just a few days. How long did they stop? Anybody remember? Sixteen years. They stopped for six, and that, that's like, okay, there's something wrong here. You're not just discouraged. Now you have got a different plan, right? 16 years, you're going in a different direction. So Haggai comes along and says, listen, hey, you got to get back on track here. You went off track somewhere. And so they responded well to that. They got back on track doing what they were supposed to do, which was their first thing was to rebuild the temple, the house of God, and put him first. They got you know, distracted by all these other things. And then... Um, you know, it, it wasn't very long, about a month or so, and, and Haggai chapter 2 comes to the place where they got a little discouraged, and they got started again. They got back on track, but they got discouraged, and so God spoke to them, and he said these words, be strong and work. He said, I am with you, and my spirit is with you, and he said, do not fear. Do not fear. And so they, 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 they moved on. They kept going, and then, and then last week, look, we looked at this idea that uh, what it talks about there where God speaks to them again and he says to them that, that his glory would be in that house that they were working on to build. That his presence would be there. 
in that house and that his peace would be there. I love that. His glory, his presence, and his peace. Now, he also said we, we saw that he was going to shake things up, and sometimes it takes a little shaking, right? Sometimes you've got to shake things up before we get to the right place, before we can see what we need to see. And that's, that's what, it, what, it, what he was talking about there in chapter 2. And, and but, but, you know, we've seen some shaking here through the years too, but, but I think and I, I believe this, that the presence of Jesus and the glory of God is here. And especially the peace of God is here. It's something that he's given to us. It's something that he does here for us. So today, I want to talk about these four words from, from this day on. From this day on. Now, in the verses we're going to look at, uh, verses 10 through 19, he talks about that he uses those words three times. And the first, time, the first two times he uses those words, he's saying to them that they need to give careful thought or pay attention, listen up. From this day on, you've got you to do, you've got you to pay attention. But the third time he says it, he says, from this day on, I will bless you. Now, how many of you want to be blessed? You know, so often, again, we, well, that's all we talk about. God bless me. God do this for me. You know, but, but there's, there's certain things we need to pay attention. We need to listen up. He says, pay attention and I will bless you. And, and the way I understood it was, was this, that from this day on, from, from this day forward, from where we're at today, he said, I will, I'm able to bless you. I'm able to uh, show you what I want to share. I'm, I'm able to do what needs to be done in your life from this day on. Now, when I think about that, I think about, you know, we all have a lot of past. How many of you have a lot of past? We all have a lot of past. There's a lot of stuff behind us. And some of it is really good, but some of it is not so good, right? we got stuff back behind us, but, but he's saying from this day on now, I want you to focus on what's going. And, I, and, and as Paul says, you know, I, I forget what's behind and what? I reach forth to those things that are ahead and I press toward the mark for the prize. And I think that's, in a way, that's what God is saying here in the book of Haggai. From this day on, I'll bless you. From this day on, pay attention, but we're going to go forward. We're not going backwards. We're going forward. So let's read the verses 10 through 19. Uh, Haggai chapter 2. He says this, on the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. And this is what the Lord Almighty said, ask the priest what the law says. If a person carries consecrated meat in the fold of his garment and that fold touches some bread or stew, some wine, oil, or other food, does it become consecrated? The priest answered, no. Then Haggai said, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes, the priest replied, it becomes defiled. And then Haggai said, so it is with this people and this nation. In my sight, declares the Lord, whatever they do and whatever they offer there is defiled. Now, verse 15, give careful thought to this from this day on. Consider how things were before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple. 
When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were only 20. He says, I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. From this day on, the second time, he says, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Is there yet, excuse me, is there yet any seed left in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, he says, I will bless you. From this day on. Now, there's a lot of stuff in there, and you're looking at it and go, what's all that stuff about the, you know, the mead and the, and the wine and the, and the contact and all that kind of thing? You know, there's a lot of Old Testament kind of concepts and ideas kind of in those passages there. But I'll, I'll try to make, make it a little bit uh, easier to understand here. In verse 10, he talks about the date. He gives a very specific dates. And, and one of the things in the book of Haggai, he, he gives very specific dates. And so he gives us this date here, the 24th day of the ninth month. And they, they actually can date that to December in our calendar, December 18th in the year 520 B.C. And they can actually pinpoint it to that. Now, that's been about, that's been about three months, okay, just kind of get an eye of the timeline here. It's December, and it's been about three months since they, they got back and they started rebuilding again. Just kind of keep that in mind. But there were, there, were, there were still a lot to learn. It's only been three months. In some ways, time goes very slow, right? It's, oh, it's been three whole months. And, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like all happening here for us. But then, then you look at it the other way, but it's only been three months. It's only been how many months since February? March, April, May, June, July. It's only been five months. And Norman would say, but it's been five months that I've been like, you know, so we, we look at the way these things are happening here, and that's kind of what they were going. There was a lot for them to learn, but I think the idea is that we still need to go forward. We've got to go forward. Look what he says in verse 11. He said, this is what the Lord Almighty said. Ask the priest what the law says. So who does the Lord Almighty direct them to? First of all, he directs them to the priests, but he doesn't say just what the priests say because the priests could, could come up with all kinds of ideas, and that's the problem when you rely on what men have to say. He directs them back to what? Back to the law, in other words, back to the word of God, back to what, and we, we just you know, went through the numbers, the first five books of the Old Testament are, are called the law. So he directs them back to the word of God, and that's really where we have to find our authority. We have to find our foundation. It's got to be built on that. If it's built on just what men say, we're in trouble. And some of you are thinking, well, isn't the Bible written by men? Well, you can, you can read about that. You can study that, that it was written down by men, but the Bible shows us that they weren't just men writing what they thought. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what God wanted them to write for you and I to have that record. So, so what does the Word of God say? Not, not how we feel, not what my ideas are, but what does God's Word say? So he points them back, and then he has this very interesting, unusual 
uh, example here. And really what it's about, it's about holiness and unholiness. So if he says if a, a, a priest or a person has a consecrated meat or holy meat that's been consecrated in his garment and the, the fold, the outside of that garment touches something else, does it become holy? And what did he say? He said, no, it's not, it's not going to happen. But he said, what about the other way? What about the unholy part? If, if, if he's got, you know, if, if the guy had touched something, a dead body, which, you know, that was a, a definite unclean, unholy, defiled thing to touch a dead body. He said, what about if that? If he touches one thing, then it will, can it spread that way? And what does he say? He says, yes. And it's kind of an interesting thing here. You see, the holiness doesn't spread as easy as what? As the unholiness. And I think that's true in life, too. There's a lesson for them here, and there's a lesson for us. We can't get holiness from other people. We have to get it for ourselves. Where do we get it? We get it from God. We get it from Him within us, the Holy Spirit within us. We can't make ourselves holy. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm talking about here. But, but we can get the bad stuff from people. We can get the bad stuff from places. In other words, when you think about it like this, you know, if, if, if you're sick and I'm well, can you catch that wellness from me? Not really. But if you're well and I'm sick and it's a contagious kind of sickness, can you catch that from me? Yes, you can. See, that's the kind of thing he's, he's talking about here. And, and, and David Guzik said, you know, that holiness is not contagious, but impurity is. And so you have to think about what's going on here. The holiness that God gives to us, it's from his spirit within us. Now, as far as the bad stuff is, we already have the bad stuff. We don't, we don't need any help with that. It just spreads easy because we got, we got it all within us. Paul said, you know, within me dwells no good thing, except for what God had put within him. And I think the point that he's making here, I've, you know, I've simplified it as much as I could here. The point that, that I think is, is being made here is that we need more of God in our, in our lives and in our hearts. We need more of him. It's not just, if I can use this illustration, it's not just being here in this place. Now, I've already said that, that I believe God's glory and God's presence and God's peace is here. I believe that. But it's not just you being here that you're just going to get that, you know, just by, you know, just by rubbing up against one of these chairs or, you know, walking through the threshold. It's by God himself within us that makes the difference. Having him within our hearts. You can't get it just because the person next to you is a, a following Jesus with all their hearts. They, they are true believers. They have God inside their hearts and lives you can't get it just by sitting next to them. Oh, you might be impacted by it, and I think you will. I think we are impacted by people who are true followers. Yes? No? Maybe? Sometimes? So what's going to make the difference? It's not sitting next to somebody. It's asking God to come and be within us ourselves. It's having a heart. It's, it, it's all about the heart. It, 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 from page one to the end of the book, it's all about our hearts before God. Are we willing and open to ask him into our hearts and, and take over? It's all yours. What I got is not any good. What you have is good. I want what you have. I want it in me. 
Does that make any sense? So, so our hearts need to be right. And, and, and it's very difficult to, ta- to say exactly what's happening here. Why God had to bring this message to them. Was he speaking about, and, and there's the, 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 the uh, perspectives, the ideas are, are kind of on both sides that, that, that God is talking about what happened before. But some are saying it's what God's happening right now, too, because of the words, you know, from this day on. They, they were doing what they were supposed to do, in other words, but they're still, it wasn't quite right. Their hearts kind of weren't in the right place. They were doing all the physical stuff and doing it, but something about their hearts weren't right. Why else would God say, hey, you know, there's something that's not quite there yet. But from this day forward, we're going to get this thing together. We're going to go forward. We're going to do what needs to be done. But how are we going to do it in the end? And at the end of the message here, he talks about what? He talks about the blessing of God in their lives. That's what makes the difference. Our hearts need to be right. It always gets back to that. Our lives, our attitudes, the attitudes of our hearts. We sing that song sometimes, Psalm 139, right? Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, the truth of the, of the matter is what, you know, in and of ourselves, what can we do? What can I do? I can do nothing. I can do absolutely nothing. Jump down to verse 15. He says, now give careful thought to this. From this day on, and this is what he says for them to think about. He says, consider how things were before one stone was laid on another stone in the Lord's temple. Before they started to get to work, he says, lay it to heart. Think about it. From this day on, you've got to think about what's happening here. And I think we do need to evaluate what's going on. Not to dwell on the past, but what's going on. Lay it to heart from this day forward. Remember the things that, that were going on before they laid one stone on, or, on another. Now, 16 years previously, they had come and they, they had laid the foundation. The foundation was laid. And then they, you know, they, they kind of wandered away and now they got back to it. And it's only been, like I said, a short period of time. They've been getting you know, back to work here and they're starting to put one stone upon another. But... But during that time, the foundation had been laid, but the rest was a mess. It was just piles of stones. You say, think about that. You know, perspective. Think about it. You came back to, to, to work here. You got the foundation laid, and then you, you know, you, it was just a mess, and you kind of left it that way. And now we're back working again, but, but think about what's going on here. It was a mess. We need to, we need to go forward now. We need to do something about this mess. Don't forget what was going on before you got back to work, in other other words. Verse 16, he says, When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, he talks about the the emptiness, and we talked about that in chapter 1. The emptiness. Don't forget what it was like. You were doing all these things, but nothing was happening. And that was in the period of time after they laid the foundation during this 16-year period where they were doing all kinds of stuff, but nothing was, no, nothing was coming out of it. They were, you know, because they were taking care of their own things. Look back to chapter, five, uh, chapter 1, if you will, please, with me. It says in verse 5, 
He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn purses only to put them, you earn wages, but only to put them in a purse with holes in it. The stuff you're doing is, is just, it, there's no satisfaction. There's no fulfillment in everything that you're doing in this life. Why? Because they, they, had, they had left God out of their lives. They, the, the priority had gotten mixed up and messed up. That's what happens when we're following our own ways. It doesn't turn out so well. Back to chapter 2. At the end of verse 17, or let's, let's start in verse 17, he says, I struck, God is saying this, I struck all the work of your hands with blight and mildew and hail, yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. He said, I, I was involved in that. You say, why would God do something like that? To get our attention, that's why. God has to get our attention. Sometimes he has to do stuff that's difficult, that's painful to get our attention. Why? Because we're not paying attention. I think the, be the better question should be, how much does it take for us, for God to get our attention? How much is it going to take? We lose our focus and our hearts get messed up. And yet, he said, yet, he said, you did not turn to me. I don't know. I, I think about times in my life, too, when when, you know, things were just not going well and I just didn't, I was stubbornly refusing to turn to the one that could make a difference in my life. And I see it in other people. Stuff is going so bad, I'm saying, can't you see? Like, can't you see you need to turn back to God? You need to turn to Him and, and God can do something in your life. Can't you see? Open your eyes. Like, and, and yet we don't turn to Him. 16 years ago, he says, you know, think back. Look at verse 18. He says, from this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Give careful thought. Now he's asking them to look back 16 years to the beginning. And when they first got there, were they excited? They were wicked excited, right? They were, they were all about it. And, and I think, too, about, you know, when we first give our lives to Jesus, when we first let him in, we're like all about it. And like everything is like, it's all brand new. And I, and I think there's like a honeymoon period that takes place. I do. But we're all about doing whatever God wants and following him. We're, we're, we're reading the Bible. We're going to church. We're, we're doing things. We're, we're telling people. He says, think back to that time. And then all this other stuff, you know, began to take its place. You look back there. We're not going to turn back there now, but if you look back in the, in the book of Ezra, chapter 3, it, 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 they were like, when they got back there, they were building that foundation. They built that foundation. There was praise. There was thanksgiving. There was joy. There was tears. It was like a complete revival hit. Right? But he's saying, think back to that. 
And from this day on, things are going to be different. This day on, things can happen. Can you, do you believe that? That God can do something from this day on? Maybe your life has been dry and, and it just hasn't you know, been coming together for you. From this day on, God can do something. How and why? It, it, it's a matter of our turning our hearts to him. That's really where it's at. It's humbling ourselves before the Lord. It's, you know, that he will lift us up. Look at verse 19. He said, is there yet any seed left in the barn? The answer, it's a rhetorical question. What's the answer? No. Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. He said, it's not happening. Like, what do you need to see? You know, we, we're looking at our lives and like there's no fruit. There's nothing going on there. And, and he's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get us to focus on him. He's trying to get us back to that place where we would do anything for him. Can't you see there's like no fruit going on in your life? Now, as I mentioned in the beginning here, it was important to note the date. It was now December. And, and you know, the commentators pointed this out that that the grapes and the figs and the, prom- and the pomegranates, they, ri- they ripen in August and September, and the olives would ripen and bear fruit between September and November. So they knew all that. They knew this, right? So it's December now, and, and like there's nothing happening. Like, do you not get the idea? Do you get the picture here? But look what he says. He says, from this day on. He says it again, the end of verse 19. From this day on, what? I will bless you. From this day on, I will bless you. So so where does the holiness come from? Where does the fruit come from? It comes from him. I remember years and years ago, Greg Laurie uh, talking about, you know, the fruit of the vine in John chapter 15, you know, he says, you know, it's not like if you work really, really hard and you just like, you can squeeze some fruit out of your life. It just, it doesn't work. It will not happen. And that's why Jesus talks about it. And that's what he says. And I'll quote John chapter 15. He says this. He says, abide in me. He says, I will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And this is the key part of that verse. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Zero. Zip. Nada. But then he says a few verses later, he says this, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. In other words, he wants us to bear fruit as we abide in him. How do we do that? We, abide literally means to live in. So to live our lives in him, in our faith, trusting in him, walking with him. Staying in fellowship, staying in prayer, those simple basics of Acts 242. Staying in the word of God, staying in fellowship, staying in prayer. 
the breaking of bread. You know, I think we get a little bit, we get, we get a little, we jump the gun. You know what that means? Get ahead of ourselves, you know. We, we, want, we want the blessings of God, right? Oh, God, I want you to bless me. And, and I remember hearing about this, you know, years and years ago. You know, the Christian church is not just a bless me club. Though sometimes it sounds like that. Oh, bless me, bless me, bless me. That's all I wanted you to bless me. But we, we kind of leave out, you know, God says, I will bless you. Didn't he say that? God's not saying, you know what? The Christian life is there's no blessings. You're going to have to suffer your whole life. You can never have fun. You can never do anything good. But, but, but he says here from this down, I will bless you. He wants to bless us. He wants to. But we have to do it his way. We want all the blessings and then we want to do everything my way. We want to do things the way of the world. And say, well, I wonder why God isn't blessing this. I wonder why God isn't blessing me. Well, you know, are you doing it his way? Are you trying to follow what his word says? Are you, are you, are you walking with him? Well, no, not really, but, but I want God to bless me. I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know, we, we hear the phrase, you know, God bless America. With no heart change. With no turning back to him. With no, no asking him in to, to take over in our hearts and lives. But we want him to bless America. It's, it's, really, it's really part of this entitlement mentality. In my opinion. That we deserve God to bless us. Do we? How much do we deserve God to bless us? How much does America deserve God to bless America? Well, we did all these good things in the past or whatever. Well, even now we're, you know, we're completely consumed with immorality and, and going against what your word says, but we want you to bless us. No, what we need is revival. What we need is to turn back to him. That's what we need. You know, how many, how many of you heard, have heard of Samson? Any of you heard of Samson? Just check in. You know, raise your hand. Really, I want to see if, you know, I'll give you an example that you can, you've heard of before. Well, Samson, you know, Samson was like powerful. He was, he was strong, right? He could do all kinds of stuff. And God used him and he was one of the judges. He could do incredible, incredible things right. But he began to turn aside, didn't he? He began to turn aside. He began to turn to the ways of the flesh, right? And what happened to him? His strength was gone. Now, he assumed, or maybe he presumed, I'm not sure which word it would be, but he thought that the, that the strength would always be there, right? And if you remember the story, you know, he thought, well, I'll just get up like I, I did before, and God's going to bless me, and I'm going to, you know, I got all this strength. But his strength was gone. Why? Because he compromised. And he turned away from what God was doing in his life. Just assume that it's there. We need to turn back. From this day on, he says, I'll bless you. Why? What did he say already in these verses? He says, you pay attention to what's going on, that your heart would be in the right place, 
that, that you know where the holiness comes from. It doesn't come from, you know, being in a place or being up next to somebody. It comes from God's Spirit living within us. From this day on, give careful thought to get our hearts right. That's what we're talking about here today. This is where the blessings come from. Again, there are Old Testament verses. There are New Testament verses. Psalm 128, he says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who has a right relationship with God. But then you, then you read in the New Testament in, in Matthew chapter 5, what, what does he talk about there? He said, blessed are what? The Beatitudes, blessed are, the, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, and, and, and all those. And, 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 and the blessings come in a, in a different way than what you know, we humans think that they should. It's about humbling ourselves before Him. That's where the blessings begin. That's where they carry on. I, I just truly believe that we as individuals, and it starts as individuals, it doesn't start as a, a whole country, but as we as individuals, you know, humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, He'll lift us up. He says, from this day on, I'll bless you. I don't know where you are in your life, what's going on. Maybe it's been a, a long period of time and, you, and, you, and you're just wondering, like, what is going on here? But, but if you, you can turn now, you can turn here, today. This day on, I think God can use this passage in your life and my life to say, you know what, I'm tired of just walking that way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. I'm going to get back and, and, and I'm going to you know, get back to that first love. And if I've left that behind, and I, but I've got to get back to that first love. You know, it happens to all of us. It's happened to me in my life. It's happened to so many others in this very room. From this day on, though, God says, I'll bless you. Let's pray, shall we? Just kind of let these thoughts uh, settle into our hearts a little bit. God, what are you doing in our lives? I, I know you spoke to those people. There. They were trying to do the right thing, but yet there's something that wasn't quite right. That's some things a little bit. that needed straightening out as they paid attention to what you were doing and who you are. And that's true for us today too, Lord. We, we humble ourselves before you. We come to the foot of the cross. And Jesus, we can't do anything. Apart from you, we can't do anything. We can't go forward without you, without your help. So Holy Spirit, help us today. Fill us today. We confess that we are just sinners. We're, we're lost without you. And we need your help to get on track and stay on track with you. Father, I pray for each person in this room, Lord, you know our hearts, you know who we are, you know where we are, you know what's going on or what isn't going on. And just pray, God, that you would, I pray that you'd minister, you'd help each one of us in our heart of hearts, Lord, to, to get to where we need to be and to, to be who you want us to be, Lord. 
I pray for any here today that never come to the cross at all. If, if that's you, you need Jesus. I'll say it. You need Jesus in your heart, your life, and you have no hope and no future without him. So, But the good news is today you can ask him to come into your life and heart and simply pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, I'm lost. I don't have any hope. I ask you to come in and forgive me. I believe in the cross where you died for my sins, that you were buried and that you rose from the dead, conquering sin and conquering death. So please, please come into my life today. From this day on, he says to you who pray that prayer, I will bless you. To each one of us, in different ways, perhaps, he says, from this day on. Today, from this day on, I will bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?